Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome in. It is The Big Show with me, Gordon Monson, Austin Horton back at the mothership, and Scotty G uh, will I'm join Gordon us Monson. when he gets here at Marley's in South Jordan. And I don't know when that's going to be, but uh, I, I heard Scotty make reference to maybe going to lunch are going to hanging out for a while, Austin. And, I mean, if he wants to do that, there's no better place to come than right here. So I thought he would make a beeline straight for Marley's. Well, he, he ran out of here. His mouth was watering because when you say Marley's, you automatically the tummy starts rumbling, the mouth starts watering. You get hungry, and for good reason. <laughs> so it'll be fun to do the show with Scotty. Jake Scott is uh, on vacation this week. And so it's, it's sort of a smorgasbord of uh, various hosts during the week. I think we have DJ coming up, PK uh, a couple times, and uh, Bowler is going to join us uh, in the week as well. So we're going to have a lot of fun, and nobody has to put up with Jake this week. And I'm just kidding about that because I like putting up with Jake. Only those who are lawfully required to put up with him have to <laughs> put up with him this week. <laughs> yes, indeed. But uh, today we have guests Roxy Bernstein of the Pac-12 Network at 4.05. And Stuart Mandel, can't get much better than that, of The Athletic at 5.05. So we got that to look forward to. All kinds of information to get to. We've had a weekend of sports, and boy, do we have a lot of stuff coming up. Foremost among them, college football. So uh, why don't we just get right into it and start with uh, stop one of split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big third down and eight. In the hands of Wilson. In the hands of the Utah defense. He goes down Lecky Fotu, his third sack of the year. You heard the highlight there with Lecky Fotu. I want to get into that a little bit because I had the opportunity last week to uh, spend some time with Lecky and this is a guy who is six foot five, three hundred and thirty-five pounds, a huge human being, a very menacing-looking individual, who happens to be a sweetheart of a guy. Austin, I don't know if you've ever talked with him, but he, what a terrifically kind—he's like a one Utah insider up there said he's like a big teddy bear. He doesn't look like a teddy bear. He looks like Godzilla, but uh, it, what, a, what a remarkable young man. I found my visit with him really informative and insightful, entertaining, and uh, heartwarming, really. And I'll get into that story. I don't know if you saw it at sltrib.com or in the print version, but, uh, wow, it, uh, it'll bring a little bit of a tear to your eye 
Lucky Foto with uh, quite a backstory, and uh, I'll get to that in just a second. But Austin, can you believe BYU and Utah 10 days away? 10 days. That's it, huh? Oh, I, 10 days? I mean, <laughs> that's nothing after everything we've waited for. So uh, we'll be talking a whole lot about the rivalry game today and this week. Getting ready uh, a week from Thursday, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's a terrific way to start the season. It's, it has everyone's attention. The players at both practices, at, at both camps, are completely dialed into this game. You know that Kyle Whittingham is going to let the Utes look past BYU. There is no way in hell he'll ever let that happen. And, uh, and BYU, of course, we've talked about how the players down there have used this game as motivation to get ready for their entire college football season. And, uh, I, you know, if they lose the game, they are, they are underdogs in the game. If they lose the game, it doesn't ruin their season. But they, after what happened a year ago, this is a game they really, really want. To be up 27-7 late in the third quarter and to lose that game at Rice-Eccles was a real punch to the gut for those guys. I still haven't been able to figure out whether it was encouraging or discouraging the way that happened. To be up like that and to end up losing, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. The players down there, when we talk with them, they say, no, no, it was encouraging. They feel like they should have won that game. It was their game to win. And maybe you can believe that, but it's like the Utes just turned it on when they had to in order to win the freaking game. And that's what they've done eight straight times in this rivalry. So now it goes down to Lavelle's place. Uh, and, and I would think that ordinarily that would be a big advantage, but the Utes have had their fair share of success in Provo. So I'm not sure. I, I would pick Utah to win, Austin. I, I think the Utes are the better team, but football of all sports seems like emotion plays the biggest role. I can't think of another sport where emotion plays as big of a role. Can you? Uh, you mean like as far as feeding the momentum monster and the fans and the in, uh, I, I, on the field? I, I just mean in the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, surrounding the team in every way that that can really make a difference. When I see basketball player, great basketball teams play, yeah, sometimes a team is flat. Sometimes a team doesn't come out uh, as uh, prepared as uh, another team is. But as far as raw emotion goes, that is a lot of what football is. And so that emotion is what can fuel an upset. And if BYU beats the Utes this time around, of course, it would be a major upset, at least in my mind. Uh, But I think that emotion is huge. And when I've talked to BYU players you can feel it, man. They don't even hide it. i got to give them credit. We talked about this last week a little bit. i got to give them credit for emphasizing this rivalry game, not downplaying it, trying, not trying to be too cool to care. They care deeply, and they are talking that way. i got no problem with it. None. Talking about the, uh, the is it encouraging or discouraging? And first of all, as you mentioned, Stuart Mandel will be on the show later. He obviously thinks it's discouraging because he's got BYU going five and seven, Gordon, this upcoming yeah. season. So you talk to him about that. But in, encouraging or discouraging, Tony and I were talking recently about how I think it's five of the last eight meetings between the Utes and Cougars have come down to a possession, like a score. 
has decided these games and they've all gone Utah's way. And it's the, you know, if they, if you're a BYU fan, if you're on that side of things, that's good news because you're within a score of beating Utah. The bad news is you're within a score of beating Utah and you're losing every time. And so yeah, it's a matter of what, how you take that. And to your yeah. point, that emotion, that can really dictate how this one's going to go. I think winning, I mean, you use the cliche you want, but winning is a habit, and the Utes know that they can win this game. And that's why when it's a close score, they feel very comfortable coming back and winning those games. And I've seen that so many times in my 40 years of covering sports where a team, it, it's you can almost just see it in their body language that they – they know they can win. Even if they're not playing up to their normal standard, they know how to get it done at the end. There's a certain confidence level, a swagger, maybe some mojo, where they bring it and know they can bring it. And that knowledge is, in all my years of covering sports, when I t- I've talked to athletes, the biggest delineation between winning and losing that they bring up isn't ability, it's confidence. It's a mental thing. And I think the Utes have an edge in both, uh, in both physicality, speed, athleticism, and in this knowledge that they, they know they can win. Now, I mean, sooner or later, BYU is going to get one of these games. Uh, the streak can't go on forever. I just don't know if this is the year it's going to change. Now, I'm not going to make any pronouncements like I made last year when the Cougars went back to Wisconsin because uh, – I don't want to buy any more meals for you and Jake, but it's uh, or, or it, one to begin with. So. And I never have paid that debt, uh-huh. have I? Yeah. Well, I've tried to on a couple of occasions, but you guys have declined. Yeah, at, at like three a.m. on a holiday, like we're going to be available. <laughs> you call us up at Christmas morning, four a.m. Hey, you guys want to go get that right now? No, I, I think what you guys are really doing is you're declining because you'd rather hold this over my head than actually have the food. The best dessert there is. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Marley's has some mean shakes, but this tastes <laughs> even sweeter. Yeah. What do you think about the whole, and this is related to what we were just talking about, but playing at Lavelle's place, I, you know, normally they, well, they give you three points for having home field and whatnot, but... I don't think Kyle Whittingham and his, his team cares. In fact, I think it feeds their fire a little bit. that They are, they go down there and they are just ready to play. Um, however, I will say that BYU thinks it's going to be better than people like Stuart Mandel think it's going to be. I mean, th- those guys are, I don't know if, I don't want the right word. It's not a swagger. It's not uh, boastful in any way, but they are very encouraged by what they're experiencing in practice. And number one amongst that is the fact that they're going to have a greatly improved run game this year. At Tyson Williams, the coaches and players are high on that guy. And they think that with that offensive line, that they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground. That is a huge question in this rivalry game. Because running against Leckie, Fotu, Bradley and Nye, John Pennacini, that's going to be tough. Against that defense, I just uh, I don't know that, how that's going to go, but I think it's going to play a huge role in who wins that game. And uh, that, that really might be my key to the game. 
that's not a bad key to the game. Uh, obviously, who controls the line of scrimmage, and then from there it goes to the run game. That Then that opens up the pass game. That's how football works, unless your name is Mike Leach in Washington State. But uh, last season against Utah, BYU really did a fine job from the line of scrimmage with the running back of Matt Hadley. Now, he was a, a linebacker, running back, linebacker, running back, finished his career there at BYU in those final games as a running back. He had 64 yards, and it seemed like he had more than that as you look back in your mind's eye on that game, and that made a big difference to keep BYU ahead, and in that game late was the running game because that opens up a whole bunch of stuff. The question for me, though, Gordon, is even if, and it's a big if, if BYU can get the running game established and they're averaging three yards a carry, you still are coming up on third down and short to get that done. And then you at some point got to go to the air. And Utah's defensive backs are no scrubs either. It's going to be a tough, tough go for BYU all around the field. How much do you think they benefited from attrition against the Utes last season when that game began? Because the Utes were without a bunch of key guys. Yeah, and BYU lost some players in the second half as well. Sure. And it's funny because both teams circle that as a reason for losing uh, uh, or winning or being behind, I guess, in the case of the Utes. But uh, I look a lot. That's my whole point with this thing is that as, as important as physicality is and talent is, it's still in a big way comes down to emotion, how fired up these teams are, how ready they are to play, how dialed in they are. And it being the season opener, you would expect both teams to be super fired up. Now, in the past, the Utes have had some weaker moments in their in their season openers against lesser competition. But this is where I think Kyle Whittingham's attitude will bleed through to his players where I would, I would be surprised, even though it's the first game of the year where you expect some mistakes, where you think some things might go wrong, uh, some adversity might crop up, uh, some uh, mistimed plays, that kind of thing, uh, will, will be a part of the game. I still think that they will play, uh, I don't know, I'd put it uh, in the top maybe 10% of what their potentiality is. That's just my opinion, but I think that's how keyed in both teams are now if they're so psyched out of their minds that they're just being stupid with the ball and they can't hold on to it or they're dropping passes because they're nervous then that could be a bit of a problem for them but i'm not expecting that i'm really not uh not not to the point where the game is tarnished somehow i I think it's going to be a lot of fun but as i said uh uh, recently i think it was during uh pk and and my uh podcast that we do a little bird whispered to me that uh, the BYU coaches aren't the only ones who are feeling pretty good about their team. I've been told that Kyle Whittingham really thinks this team is good, and uh, I think he thinks they're going to mop up the floor, the field, with the Cougars. We'll see if that happens, but it's, that's what makes it exciting. Now I want to get to this lucky photo thing. Um, normally I don't really – honk my columns much um try not to sometimes we talk Uh. about some of the stuff but this is one of those stories when i'm interviewing lucky photo and he's telling me his life story and what what his motivation is and what's important to him i was blown away by what he was saying he uh, shared with me very personal insights from his life he talked about his uh losing his three-year-old sister 
his youngest sister. Uh, they were at a family party. His dad uh, did some DJing, and they were uh, uh, at a, a party celebrating a relative's, I think, graduation or something. And they were in the hotel lobby, and the little one got away from supervision, got into an elevator, went up three floors, and then came out and uh, looked, got scared, and looked over uh, down at the lobby floor and uh, saw, I think, must have seen some, some uh, familiar faces, and she ended up falling three stories down and passing away. And this just crushed Lecky, uh, really hurt him. Uh, he was just four or five, five or six years older than she was, and it really affected him. And then a few weeks later, his father... Uh, died of what Lecky called a broken heart, essentially. Had a stroke. That was the official diagnosis, what took place with him. But uh, to lose those two individuals from his family at such a young age, really, he says every time he walks out on the field, he says a prayer, has a conversation with the both of them. And I'm just sitting here looking at this six foot five, 335 pound dude who looks like he could tear your head off anytime he wanted to, and he could, uh, burying his soul and, and bleeding from the heart from these stories from his background. And Austin, you know what it reminded me? It reminded me that these guys are all human. doesn't matter how big they are. doesn't matter how, fa- how fast they are. doesn't matter how rich they are, how poor they are, or how famous they are. They are human beings who have stories to tell. I had no idea about this. When I approached Lecky, he uh, somehow the environment was right for him to share this stuff. And he's telling me this story. And I'm telling you, I just, the, the plumbing started backing up in my eyes a little bit, yeah. you know. I mean, to hear about uh, the death of a, of, a, of a playful innocent like that, it, it, just, it just rips you up, you know. And, and he says that he has kept it in his heart. He's kept it with him. And now he, he honors uh, his little sister and his father by going out on the field and working his tail off. And in talking to Morgan Scally, he said, you should see this guy in practice. He said he works every single play. And he said that uh, he, he's, he's determined to improve himself. And he said we can't even tell when he gets hurt because he's out there hurting, but he doesn't show it to anybody. It's all a motivation stemming from a very personal family experience. I found it fascinating and heartwarming and encouraging in some ways, though sad and tragic, that someone can utilize something like that for positivity in their life. Yeah, Lucky Fotu uh, was a football player to me until I read your piece, Gordon. And, and not, to, not meaning I didn't respect him also as a person, but to read about uh, the, the personal struggles and, and a tragedy like that, to go through something like that. How can I have a bad day? How can I complain about anything when I haven't had to deal with something so heart-rending or rendering and, and just, just sick and sad? And then to see how he's built his life from that moment, not saying he's always been perfect in how he reacted to that, but to build it into something positive through football or whatever outlet anyone out there chooses to respond to tragedy from. He went up in my eyes from a football player that I respected for his hard work on the field to a man that I respect for how he lives his life 
uh, away from the game. And uh, it, it was it was a well done piece, well done to you, but well done to Lecky for being willing to because Lecky's not a, a boisterous guy who holds court a lot. He's not a guy who is always great for a wonderful long uh, quote. He's not one of the better interviews uh, as when it comes to X's and O's. Not that he doesn't know his stuff, but just that he's not. It's not really his thing. He doesn't really uh, have the gift of gab in that regard. But to hear him open up on such an important topic that actually matters. I think has saved and changed a lot of lives today, and I commend him for doing that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I would recommend that all Utah and BYU fans, Aggie fans, whoever, football fans, people who don't even care about football, check that out. Uh, not because I'm not trying to promote myself here, because this is one of those deals where you just get out of the way and let Lecky tell his own story, and it was uh, it was memorable for me. So uh, check that out at sltrib.com if you choose all right coming up next we'll go on talk more about BYU and Utah you know there's the other side of the ball what about BYU trying to stop Zach Moss how is that going to go how will Zach Wilson play will he find open receivers against Utah's secondary with uh, with uh, the talent that they have back there and the Utes in the AP preseason poll and I I'd say a lofty perch, and it could get even better. We'll get to that coming up next on The Big Show. This is DJ and PK. Riley Jensen joining us, College Football Insider. When you play the quarterback position, if you're not somewhat mentally tough, that position will chew you up. I don't think Tyler Huntley or Jordan Love or Zach Wilson are not up to the challenge. I think all three of them are high-quality quarterbacks for different reasons. Because I analyze quarterbacks and because I do those sorts of things, I can be a little bit nitpicky. But if you're just backing up to the 30,000-foot level, I mean, these are three high-quality quarterbacks in the state right now. In fact, I could argue that it's just three high-quality quarterbacks that we've had in a while in the state of Utah. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. back. It is the big show. I'm Gordon Monson, Austin Horton back in the studio, and Scotty Gerard will be here shortly. Austin, what do you got back there? Uh, you, this is Band of the Day, selected by Scott Gerard, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts, buy concert tickets, get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com, and it's Green Day, but he wanted it from a specific album only, and I honestly don't know if I can say the name of the album on the air. I think I'd be all right to say it, but I'm going to just say I, I, I'm not going to say it, and everyone will know what I'm talking about, but only tracks from that album that came out when I was in sixth grade. So uh, there you go, Green Day Band of the Day. And as you and Scotty are hosting live from Marley's in South Jordan, get on down there, 3561 West, 114th South in South Jordan. That's right, Marley's. Now, I don't know, what does the title of the album rhyme with? Sorry, I was talking to Lloyd. What was that? What, what does the title of the album rhyme with? Uh, it rhymes with uh, Pookie. <laughs> you know, what you might call your loved one. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, uh, rhymes that, with kooky. From that album only. Have you ever been to a concert where the band would only play music from a certain album? Uh, yes, but well, no. They they were doing the tour of that album, and so they played six or seven songs from that album, and, and then what, they took a, a short intermission and came out and played everything else everyone wanted to hear. Yeah, what was the group? It was Yellow Card. You know, yeah. one of my favorites. I I, I did that. Uh, I went to see Chicago, and and they they started the concert out by all the songs from a certain album and. After about the fourth song, I'm like, okay, let's 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 move on. But they kept going, and I was eager to get to the other stuff. But anyway, okay, uh, Green Day it is. All right, uh, Austin, getting back to the BYU-Utah game. College football in the air, 10 days away now. It's uh, We're in the stretch run. We can start to look forward to it without uh, any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, overload by the time it comes around. Uh, we talked about BYU. Can BYU run the football against that tough Utah defense? Tyson Williams has looked really good in practice. That offensive line is really, really good. But that defense, that Utah defense, is absolutely uh, just premier. So we'll see what, what happens there. But can BYU stop Zach Moss? Uh, there are some questions about Utah, whether they can create the space necessary for Zach that uh, that he might need? Because I don't think he needs a whole lot. Give him a little bit and he'll take a lot. But BYU with Tonga in the middle, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know whether they're going to be able to stop the run consistently with an attack like Utah's where that is what they specialize in going to try and do some other things with Tyler Huntley and the receivers and all that sort of thing but and you got to include Tyler Huntley too in having to stop him in the run game as well I I don't know whether they're up to that Austin have you gotten a sense for it Uh, I don't know if a lot of people are going to be up to that Gordon Zach Moss is a special running back when he's fully healthy and uh, I don't know if a lot of people are up to that but BYU feels confident in there. And that, that, you know what? I'll tell you this, Gordon. I think that defensive line doesn't get enough love and enough attention down in Provo as it might deserve. I think at the end of the season, we'll look back on them and go, oh, they were a lot better than some people expected. Well, the two questions that you think of, and Scotty's in the house here. Oh, uh, hey, guys. Thanks for stopping by, Scotty. We hey, you know it. what? At first, I was thinking, oh, you know, I got a busy day, got things to do. And then I heard it was Marley's. So I'm like, Bam. Let's roll. <laughs> That's the reason you're here, I'm here. today. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll talk to you more about Marley's in a minute. But uh, we were just talking about whether BYU will be able to stop Utah's running game. And I'm including Tyler Huntley in that because it's if memory serves, it seems like BYU has struggled against some mobile quarterbacks in the past. And that's really weird that they have because BYU has a history of having some fine linebackers yeah. through the years, and you'd think that they would be able to, to be really quite good at that. But if Tyler Huntley can throw it and can run with the ball and then you add Zach Moss into that mix, I don't know how that's going to go for the Cougars. Uh, I, I, I just I don't know whether they're going to be able to handle all that. Well, I, defensively, yeah, I mean, I think – the problem that you're going to run into if you're BYU is can you consistently stop the run as you're talking about? Let's just take the quarterback out of the equation. Let's just focus in on running the football. Can you stop 
BY or Utah's rushing attack with Zach Moss. Now, Kyrus Tonga, tremendous player, uh, but how many other pure playmakers do you have on that defensive line? You know, I know you got some Kafusis that you anticipate will be good, but they're going to have to step up and play well. The one thing that they've got going for is a little bit of, uh, and I think Utah's offensive line eventually will be okay, but there's, there's a lot of new faces and a lot of guys asked to do things that they haven't been asked to do before. So is the chemistry where it needs to be? Is the experience where it needs to be? Are these guys able to step up? Because if there's one question mark about Utah, it might be about that linebacking core and that offensive line. And if the O-line gels quickly and they play well, it may be a long day for BYU because I think Utah's going to really try to hit home with the running attack. Um, And I anticipate that's going to be a big part of this game. The two things I think of when I think of defensive line play, I don't know what else there is really, but uh, if you want to generalize, it's stop the run, and and knowing Kalani and having conversations with him over and over again, that's always number one priority. And guess who we got that from? Uh, Kyle. Yeah. So stop the run. But the other thing is, can BYU put pressure on the quarterback? That's been an area of real concern. Last year they had Taki Taki and Kafusi. I, I just don't know whether or how can, that's going to go. Can you generate a pass rush from your front four? That, that, that's going to be the big question mark. Because if you have to manufacture pressure time and time again yeah. with blitzes, uh-huh. then that, that could be a long day for BYU as well. Can you get a push? Is there a guy you know, that can take on a left tackle and beat him to the outside uh, on a one-on-one situation? Can you, ha- can you get that interior pass rush? Those are all question marks that I think is going to be really interesting to see. Can they generate a pass rush without blitzing time and time again? Don't know. That's, to me, that's BYU's defensive line against Utah's offensive line is one of the big, big question marks going into this, uh, going into this game. Now we both sound like Hans, but it's true on both sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, we were talking about that earlier, Scotty, that uh, can, can uh, BYU's offensive line create space for Tyson Williams, who they're really high on down there, by yeah. the way. And the same thing going the other way. So it, it really, I know it's cliche and whatnot, but it's cliche because it's true. Well, it really does start it, in the trenches. It really does. And it's cliche because I think there's some big question marks here. You know, BYU's defensive line against Utah's offensive line. That's a big question mark because, you know, and look, I, I do a show every day with a guy that I consider to be one of the best in breaking down the game, especially in the trenches. And I've got Hans telling me time and time again, Utah's offensive line, a bit of a question mark. BYU's defensive line, big of a, you know, a bit of a question mark. Which one of those two position groups rises to the occasion in, one, in this game? On the flip side, you got the strengths of the teams. You know, you, BYU's got a great offensive line. Arguably, the be- and frankly, I don't think there's much of an argument, the best returning offensive line group in the state is BYU's offensive line against probably one of the deepest position groups we've ever seen mm-hmm. in college football in the state of Utah is Utah's defensive line. So you've got, you know, and, and when I say this, keep in mind, I'm not calling it a weakness, but, you know, the question mark group versus a question mark group versus strength versus strength. Mm-hmm. And, and I, mean, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, other questions about this game, and I love the fact that we can talk about it and it's 10 days away, Scotty. But Zach Wilson, how successful will he be throwing the ball, find, trying to find a playmaker on that offense? Now, Matt Bushman is a playmaker. Will he get him the freaking ball? Who else will be the playmakers? The coaches down there have been talking like, hey, we got playmakers down here. Fessy has said that over and over again, but 
uh, I guess I'll believe it against the team, the quality of Utah when I see it. You know, I'll go back to um, uh, the – and I, I feel okay saying this because they're no longer in the state, but I talked to the uh, defensive coordinator, Keith Patterson, at Utah State last year before the BYU game. And, you know, we, you know and they – Utah State's always really good in allowing us to kind of meet with the coordinators before the game, before we uh, do the broadcast. And and I asked him, you know, what about – and it was coming off that Wisconsin game where they were having success with the fly sweep and some other things. And I said, what about BYU makes you nervous um, with the wide receiver core? And he goes, frankly, nothing. Mm. Because they can't beat me over the top. They don't have that burner that's going to get me over the top. So I can play my guys with everybody in front of them and I'll be just fine because I don't think they, they can go on a 12, 13 play drive without making a mistake and hurting themselves. I don't think that they've got a wide receiver who can beat us over the top. So I feel really confident. And look, BYU, it looked like it turned the corner a bit going into that Utah State game. And we had Alema Harrington and the Marlies and Linden say that BYU is going to win the game by like 45 points. <laughs> And so, you know, I kind of prepared myself for this. This is going to be a real battle. And then talking to the defensive coaches at Utah State, they said, no, their offense will not be a problem for us. And that ended up being, being the case. So then how come back in the day, Scotty, when BYU, as Lavelle used to call them, the glory years, how were they able to move the ball so precisely with a bunch of guys like Eric Drage? You know, guys who weren't speed demons. I mean... How they do that? Was it just the fact that defensive coordinators weren't up to speed in, in, in defending the passing game? Or is there a way for BYU to be successful with guys who might not be able to beat Utah well, over the top? I think that's the thing. I think BYU's got to be, if you don't have your studs, if you don't have stellar athletes, then you've got to be perfect in your execution. Yeah. And that's something that BYU has not been over the last stretch. They've got to be, you've got to be, you know, those old teams where you had you know yeah uh, Andy Boyce or Eric Drage I mean they're not beating anybody in a foot in a foot race but they were so exceptionally sound with the way they ran their offense that they allowed themselves to be successful here you know BYU doesn't have an over-the-top stud that we know of right now maybe somebody's developing on that team but right now I think you've got an opportunity if you execute well you've got good scheme you know, BYU out-schemed Wisconsin. BYU is not a more talented team than Wisconsin last year, but they out-coached Wisconsin and allowed themselves to win that game. They've just got to do that on a game-in and game-out basis now because I don't think offensively you do have those weapons, but you've got an elite-level quarterback in Zach Wilson who's developing nicely. Uh, you've got some weapons at the running back position. You upgrade with Tyson. So you've got opportunities. You just have to be on your game from a schematic standpoint, and I think BYU has got the coaches in, in place that can do that. So now will the players do it? Yeah. Will they be able to execute it? Because like you said, it's either optimal execution or, well, that's all it is yeah. for BYU. They've, they've got to have that in order to be successful. And I don't. And it's got to happen sooner or later because if, if they're going up against Utah, then they're going to need it then, and they're going to need it the next week and the next week and the next week, you know. And then from there, it doesn't, it's not like it lightens up all of a sudden. I mean, when you're looking at Utah State in Logan as being any kind of lesser burden, then you're, you're looking at another loss. So let's back up here a little bit because there's been a lot of quiet chirping going on on both sides. Like – and I don't want to be careful because 
you, you know, you talk to a lot of people behind the scenes and some off-record conversations, and I'll say this, both teams are really confident going into this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned when I was driving down, the little bird was chirping to you about mm-hmm. Utah feels like not only they're going to win, they're going to win big. Yeah. And I've, I've heard people on the BYU, and by the way, I've heard the same thing too, um, and then I've heard people on the BYU side think this, it's ending this year. It's ending this year. And, look, when we get to game day and we make our predictions, I'm going to predict Utah to win this game. But, boy, there's a lot of confidence right now. And, and of course, and somebody out there is listening, well, what do you expect people to say? Well, when you have those kind of subtle conversations, people will tell you what they like and yeah. what they don't like about yeah. their team. Exactly. And right now, both teams really like their teams. I've been surprised at the attitude coming out of BYU's camp. Yes. And it's, it's, it's not an attitude of – it's not being pompous or being an idiot. It's just being confident. They think they're good. Yes. <laughs> they really think they're good. Yep. And Kyle definitely thinks that, among others. As he should, Utah because, because Utah is poised to have one. Look, they're picked – they're ranked 14th yeah. in the AP, highest ever. You think they deserve that? Uh, I – I'm I'm hard pressed to find a lot of teams better than they are. Yeah, no matter what happened in that Northwestern game. Yeah, that yeah. was that was not good. No, I expected but, the Utes to win that game, but now starting out at 14, and there have been many years, Scotty, if they'd started out at 14, they might have ended. They might have been at some juncture in the top two. Look, if, if starting at 14, if Utah goes 11 and one, there's a good chance they'll end up in a college football playoff. If they win, a, you know, if they win the South. They win the conference championship game. They're eleven and one. They're probably going to the playoff. So giddy up, folks! I mean, it. it and and I think Kyle Whittingham hasn't shied away from that one bit. Uh, these are the expectations they have right now for this team. So the Utes have gone from the hunter to the hunted. Yes. Which is and an, how will they handle? How will that? they handle it? It's that. a different thing. It is because Kyle's always played that you know. David versus Goliath yeah. card, and nobody likes us. Nobody expects us to do it. How do you holding up newspapers? Yeah, exactly. Uh, front pages in the locker room. How do you handle it from a no? We're we're the bully now. We're the big dog. It's it's got to be an interesting when you play the role of psychiatrist on a team. That's got to be an interesting way because that's that's a change. You can't play that nobody believes in you card anymore. Maybe the climb the Utes have made has been subtle enough and 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 steady enough, Scotty, that they can handle it better than than if all of a sudden, yeah, everyone thought they were going to be great. Well, they were. They could have gone to the Rose Bowl last year. A banged up Ute team ended up losing in the Pac-12 championship game. Yep, could have gone uh, could have gone a different way. Remember that botched tackle or whatever that was. Uh, it, it, things could have been different. So that's something we should talk about. Do the Utes deserve a number fourteen ranking to start? I think uh, it's hard to find reasons not to not to put them there. 97.5-1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We're live here at Marley's uh, Gourmet Sliders, 3561 West, 114 South. Just take that 114 South exit and head uh, all the way west, and you will find it real easy to find off, off of uh, that 114 South exit. I made it from downtown Salt Lake City in like 25 minutes. It's not that big a deal. You get down here. Sam's hanging out with us right now. Sam, I am a huge fan of what you guys do down here. Uh, what what makes this place so special? You know, we have, like, the best food in the entire world. Um, <laughs> these sliders are absolutely amazing. If you haven't tried them, you have to. 
And did you have to put this in front of us right? So what do we second? what do we have here? Because this looks this looks like trouble. So we just got some of our Cookie Monster shakes that we started this month. Um, just coming right out for the big game um, at the end of the month. We so got, got our, blue versus red. I like. Yep. It. So we got the the Cookie Monster blue and we got the Cookie Monster red, and they are absolutely fantastic. You know the sliders are so good, and and what I think is fun, a lot of listeners come down here and they can mix mix and match a little bit between and get kind of a different variety of those sliders. Oh yeah, I get like five of them myself. Um, <laughs> nice. We got tons of varieties. We got something for everybody. So give me uh, give me some of the go tos. What are some of the best? So I like the classic. You just can't beat a classic hamburger. Um, the killer. It's a little spicy chicken. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, they're all really great. <laughs> well, right now, you uh, you purchase a combo meal. You'll get the free shake, or you see me, the free shoestring fries as well. So get that combo meal, and they'll throw in the fries for free. Can't yeah, it's great. And the shoestring fries are fantastic. You know what? I'm a, I'm a big fan of the shoestring fries. Not the, me too. I don't want, I don't want the, the big fry. Just give no. me that shoestring. I like it. I, I brought my family down here after one time we were here, Scotty. I couldn't stop eating. That's, I, I'm with you. You're preaching to the choir on that one, my friend. So come on down, 3561 West, 114th South uh, in uh, South Jordan. Sam's going to hook you up. It's all right here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, this segment brought to you in part by Diamond Airport Parking. Uh, begin and end every trip with Diamond Airport Parking. They offer car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates uh, just off of I-80 and Redwood Road. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Preseason AP Top 25 released. Utah comes in at number 14. I expected them to be a little better in the rankings than that with all the love and hype we've heard, but then I reminded myself, well, that's because we're here. So that's about what you should probably have expected for the University of Utah. I would say probably closer to 11 or 12, Mm -hmm. but 14's not the biggest slight in the world. For the most part, you're looking at it saying 14's about right. That's not bad. But Tony, do you think there's a lot of people thinking that this is a slap in the face. I don't think that this is the biggest slap in the face. I thought they'd be a little higher. I thought they'd be like maybe 12th-ish. It's a little bit lower than I expected from the preseason poll, but it's not like this massive drop. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Kick it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 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 Seven five twelve eighty the zone and the zone sports network cancels Scott Gerard, thanks for making us part of your afternoon. As uh, we are out and about today here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders, thirty five sixty one West, one hundred fourteen South. Hey, and uh, make sure to join uh, Hands and Me. We'll be live coming up uh, from noon to three eighteen ninety nine West Traverse Parkway in Lehigh uh, at a your local Sprint store. All kinds of great things going on. In fact, a free liquid screen protector for your Android or Apple device while supplies last. That's coming up on Wednesday from noon to 3. Scotty, I would, uh, I would thank you 
for sitting in with me. You're doing two shows back to back. I'm being but, well compensated, but, though. But I'm not. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's, yeah. it's not out of the goodness of your heart. It's because you like Marley's food. Oh, I love this place so much. I remember when we stumbled onto this, you know, at the uh, – is it Linden? Yeah. Is it down there? Um, I always Lind- – Lehigh, Linden, and those, those cities all kind of mix up. But <laughs> out of the uh, – out of the uh, – uh, the Harley Davidson place, and boy, it just knocks your socks yeah, off. Yeah, it does. It's so good. Yeah, it is. And so here it is. So here we go. I would encourage everyone to give it a try because I can't stop. This is uh, a place to eat. So come on down. Sam's hanging out with us once again. All right, Sam, so we had a couple people come in that said, hook me up with a special. What do you got for our listeners today? So today we've got um, our special that we're doing. Um, you can get any of our sliders, and you guys get a free shoestring fry, and they're just to die for and then we also started our cookie monster shakes we got red for uh, the youths and we got blue for byu um it's our cookie monster shake and they are wonderful and by the way the cookie's incredible in it too oh yeah we do fresh baked cookies every single day can't beat that scotty and i have surrendered yeah we're done we're, we're just <laughs> I've been trying we're, we're, it's like why why fight it yeah. let's just go yeah just give in <laughs> just do it you know what <laughs> cheat meal cheat event more like it um but, you know, the sliders are so good because you've got, you can go burgers, you can go chicken. There's so many different things you can do with those sliders. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I, I get five of them myself. Yeah. And they're, just, they're great. What's, Where, the, what's the most sliders you've seen somebody tackle at once? Um, I think I've seen somebody eat, like, ten of them, <laughs> just one after another. Just. Come on, Gordon. Let's go. <laughs> Can't do it. I, I tried to eat three, when I, and I tasted so good I wanted to eat more. But I was, you, you know, sh- you think of a slider, you think, okay, it's a small little cute sandwich, right? No. <laughs> it was, uh, I was uh, completely satisfied. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, come down, hang out with us, 3561 West, 114th South in uh, South Jordan, uh, Marley's Gourmet Sliders. How long have you had this location down here? We just started this one this year, um, just okay. a couple months. Uh, so we're, we're pretty new out here. So you got this one in the Linden store, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys are going to take over. You got, uh, you got world plan. domination on that your mind. That is the plan. <laughs> nice, <laughs> as you should. Hey, the great Roxy Bernstein is going to join us next. We'll chat some football with him straight ahead right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.